Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is focused on educating, empowering, and investing in women to support them with harnessing an entrepreneurial mindset to create the change in the world for the greater good. Through this series, we connect with women from all across New Zealand to inspire, teach, and share their pearls of wisdom through storytelling and sharing. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen, the founder of Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. Welcome back to Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. We are with founder of Data 4D. Good morning, Amy. How are you? Oh, not too bad, Catherine. And how are you doing? Very well, thank you. How's uh, life in the sunny wire wrapper? Oh, it's beautiful out here, right? I mean, the weather's in- incredible. It's chilly in the mornings, but we still have beautiful, long, autumnal, sunny days, which is just a pleasure to go for long bike riding. I think we've all uh, been very lucky with the incredible weather that New Zealand has turned on for us while we have been battening down our hatches uh, in isolation so that we don't get too uh, reclused in our world. But uh, a few nice rainy days uh, have been fun by the fire, I must say. agreed, agreed. It it broke the drought out here. (laughs) Of course, the drought broke as lockdown hit and it rained solidly for four days. (laughs) Oh, nice. It's great. <laughs> but everything's green again. And listen, tell me about your call to adventure to launching Data 4D. So I've been in and around um, yeah, a, a number of fields over the last few years, including things like government. Open government is a particular passion of mine. Uh, and data, because open government and open data particularly have very strong interactions with each other. And I've noticed in that journey that a lot of the conversations around data are very detailed, they're very technically oriented, but a number of people haven't zoomed out to think about, you know, what is the data that we have or are collecting? Why do we have it? How are we storing it? Um, And what are we doing with it from a very strong ethics lens and from a very strong strategy and governance lens? Um, Data strategy and data governance are two generally of the least mature aspects of most organizations. So I thought, well, I think it would be great to help people improve their, their ability to do this. And I'm able to do that uh, with a very much a, a, a learn by doing hat on, I would say, with the people with whom I work so that we can all start to do things better um, because the, the risks of, of poor data governance and data strategy are substantial, especially when you feed it into AI. So talking about ethics in the data sphere and obviously Mm. ethics being a core uh, attribute in alignment to purpose, can you share more about what ethics means in relation to data? Data ethics, um, it's a fascinating conversation. I do recommend that uh, your listeners start poking around in it. (laughs) It's a lot of very healthy debate. Um, But the idea is that data is is collected, stored, um, handled, processed and analysed ethically and I know that uh, that there are multiple ethical systems from which people use and it, it differs across cultures and organizations and, and countries and societies but the, the the big strong one at the moment certainly in the western world is the idea that people should have rights of control over their data or data about them that that data isn't used to exploit or to harm them um, if it's fed into things like AI models which increasingly it is that that AI uh, or those AI models don't further perpetrate uh, bias, for example, gender bias and racial bias in the decisions that they make, all of that sort of thing. 
of course, here in New Zealand, we also have a, a, a really interesting situation in that we have Maori data sovereignty uh, as a concept here, and the idea of data as taonga, which adds <clears throat> more uh, complex, more nuanced uh, ideas to what data ethics looks like about, or uh, when it's about um, data about Maori people or, or that they hold. It's it's a fascinating subject. Hmm. Hmm. And so, in uh, you know, in the alignment to ethics and what we just spoke <laughs> this about, this is an interesting one because I'm flighty by nature. So. <laughs> I mean, short attention span or something. Everything's interesting, but uh, I think purpose is something that one can set one's personhood against uh, some people might call that a soul other people will call it, call that their belief structure or their mind there are lots of different words for it but yeah something that one can stand up for and really put one's shoulder and one's weight and one's passion behind um and 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 draw immense i think value from being involved with And so I'm sure on your journey and through your experiences uh, to the work that you're doing now and the, and working towards your goals and having the impact that you're having, <laughs> there have been a number of different trials and tribulations. Are you open to sharing oh, totally. a bit more about the highs and the lows and everything? <laughs> As I mentioned, I've worked in a number of sectors over the years and each of them has their own trials and tribulations. I mean, for example, with the startup sector, I'm sure many of us are familiar with some of the standard trials and tribulations there, but over the last few years, working predominantly with central government in New Zealand um, uh, <laughs> and working predominantly in the open government and open data spaces, I would say one of the major trials and tribulations is that those of us who, who are passionate about open data and open government and other things, what I call open X, you know, open source and civic technology and open access and all of these open things, we, we sing quite a lonely song a lot of the time. Um, there, there aren't necessarily very many of us who know about it and or care deeply about it. So we can end up feeling very isolated. You know, there might be one or two people in an organization who care deeply and kind of everybody else is a bit sort of ho-hum, whatevs, don't really care. We've got immediate, you know, immediate tactical stuff on which we need to be working rather than this highfalutin ideal stuff. So I think that's, that's a difficult one. Um, and and how how I've dealt with it is sometimes by getting very lonely and angry, but but building strong networks of people uh, who can support me, but also who I can support back, and that's both here in New Zealand, but also overseas. You know, our our OpenX nerd brethren and sistren and and everybody else overseas are a tremendous source of of joy and inspiration. Um, and of course, they're they're fascinated with New Zealand because people tend tend to be fascinated with New Zealand. <laughs> Uh, that that would be the main one, I think, and and as a result of that, a big problem is burnout. Um, a, a really big problem is is burnout, either volunteer burnout because a lot of us do this stuff also in our personal lives, um, as as civil society act. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Activists, advocates is probably better, um, but but also in our working lives, and and so volunteer burnout but also professional burnout can be a major risk you know when you feel like you've just been hitting your head up against the wall for so long and so little has changed or things have even gone backwards that you sort of give up and die inside of it um it's <laughs> around it 
And have you learned any particular skills um, to supporting to getting out of that burnout or not I, getting for, back for me, into that it's, it's about, burnout? I, I generally um, notice I'm burnt out too late. Um, not, not generally quite in time to head it off. But it's taking time off, um, doing things, doing other things that I care about, you know, not taking time off and then still continuing to do the same kind of stuff, just not officially. Uh, and, and, and being really honest with people and reaching out to people and not being afraid to be vulnerable and to say, look, my head is exploding at the moment or my soul's really sad and I'm really tired. I find people invariably want to help and enjoy being able to support each other. So we all kind of win. You know, I'm able to support them when they feel like that. They can support me when I feel like that. And over time, we build a, a stronger community um, that shows that, you know, openness is not just about those ideals. It's about being open with each other on a, about our paths and our journeys and, and how we're feeling. Yeah. And I guess listening into your body yeah. a bit more and those, that intuition to the yes. call out that your body is making to you to yes. slow down or check yeah, I find in exercise. or step back Sorry. or step out for I find exercise is tremendously um, important yeah. uh, for mm, that as well. Just getting out for a run or a ride or a walk or, you know, whatever it is, doing a little bit of yoga, hell, doing some push-ups. Just anything really helps to, to reconnect one's body and one's mind. And I think that's, that's key. That's part of the mindfulness practice, which I've started doing more of recently. Yeah, it certainly gets the blood mm -hmm. flowing and it certainly, you know, gets the dopamine and all sorts of things moving in your mind as well as your, as well as your body to make you feel uh, a whole lot mm -hmm. better and come back in a clearer, more focused state. So can you share some of the highlights of your business experiences um, over the last I few years? I think the first one is, and especially if we're speaking here about the more entrepreneurial side of things, uh, so for those of us who are freelancers, contractors, entrepreneurs, consultants, et cetera, is getting things moving and like set up and, and ticking over always takes so much longer than one thinks it will. <laughs> so much longer than it thinks it will. Um, and, and filling pipelines is an ongoing battle a lot of the time. Um, what are the other key things that I've learned? Yeah, to try not to overwork. I think that's that's the big one, especially, and, and I'm sure that we're all very passionate about what we do. And so it's very easy to sink oneself entirely into that and lose the wood for the trees. And I'm not necessarily saying here that, you know, one should only work for X number of hours per day and only on certain, I'm not going to try and tell people how to work. I mean, I don't have a work-life balance, so I'm not going to talk about it. But I think just to be very mindful of the fact that we're five-dimensional beings, um, I think. And if we focus too much on just one thing, much as everyone will be saying, focus on just one thing, I think that we lose we lose color and we lose perspective. Um, and, and a large part of that is, uh, so another learning is to be very curious about the world around one, right? Like read interesting things that, that you come across, even if they've got nothing to do with anything that you know about or, or work in. Keep an eye open. Talk to as many interesting people as you can, especially if they're different from you. Not only is that great for your business, because it, it gives you that sort of um, a bit of a view of the zeitgeist of what's happening and any possible opportunities and, and challenges that are coming down. But it makes one a much broader person, which means that one can communicate with a, a broader range of people and as a result, have a much more uh, rounded business as well as a much more rounded life.
<laughs> so you mentioned before about being a five-dimensional being. Can you so, share so more about a, those five an, an dimensions I'm not sure when you? I started saying it. Um, so we're definitely four-dimensional as, as humans, right? We've got the three, the three spatial dimensions and then we've got the time dimension. And depending on which physicists you listen to, you know, there are so many other dimensions and they all interact with us in different ways. But I thought five dimensions, oh, I like to use five dimensions because I think we're more than just time and space. I think that consciousness adds a, a dimension that we don't quite understand. And I realize here that I'm stun, sounding um, like a mystic, which is interesting because <laughs> I'm a science-based atheist. But I, I think that consciousness do, does add a dimensionality to everything. And that's why we're five dimensional. I mean, if nothing else, we, we can spin up entire worlds. We can spin up universes just in our imaginations. That's incredible. Absolutely. Mm. And you mentioned before about people being curious um, and, you know, becoming that broader-minded across, you know, many different topics so that you can apply yourself and have a broader conversation. Can you talk to me more about your sure. sense um, and what curiosity I, I, means? To you, I'm not sure whether it's because of the science training or I went into science because of it. They probably fed each other. But I'm I'm inveterately curious. I find everything really, really, really interesting. Um, well, okay, most things. <laughs> I've been known not to be incredibly interested in sports, and I'm sorry for everybody for that. <laughs> I'm South African, English, New Zealand. You'd think <laughs> that rugby would be my thing, but oh. Um, but but for the most part, I the way the world works and the way people work, especially gosh, like neurotif, uh, sorry, uh, cog- uh, cognitive neuroscience, um, for example, in psychology are, are particular favorites of mine. But the way the world works is fascinating, and so I think just having an open mind and 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 also culturing that in oneself. If if something feels very boring it's probably well worth looking into it if something feels uncomfortable to go and explore you know coming across a new concept or or and one has that instinctive pushback reaction that's often that's the best time to really deploy that curiosity to think both why am i having this reaction to this but also huh i i should know more about it so that i can figure out whether my reaction was valid or not um which means that one ends up reading a whole bunch of really really interesting stuff (laughs) And having really interesting conversations with people. And I've generally found, and, and this is why the sports joke is, is sort of a joke, but the more one knows about something, the more interesting it becomes to a large extent. So it's not being afraid to to read widely and to talk widely and think lots of crazy thoughts before breakfast. But also if one comes across something and thinks, man, I'm just going to spend the next week deep diving into this so that I really, really get it because, wow, this is fascinating, to do that as well. I think the idea is not to constrain one's mind, but instead to say to it, go out and play because they really like doing that generally. We just seldom let them. You also mentioned about Mm. cognitive neuroscience, something that I'm also really fascinated by. How do you think that that applies (laughs) to business? Uh, A a number of ways. Um, And, and of course, with psychology as well. I think it's everything from understanding how, uh, you know, business business science. So um, I've got a background in business science as well and management theory and, you know, the the psychology and, and neuroscience around how organizations function and how businesses function. But also, the better that we understand how we work and how the humans around us work, I think the better chance that we have of 
not only succeeding with our business, but building one that, that thrives and that has a positive impact on other people. Um, and that allows them to be their best selves because they are understood and one's not accidentally trampling over them or, or, or doing anything terrible with them. Of course, those skills could also be used for the evil to, to manipulate people. <laughs> and we see this a lot in modern technology, for example, and how a lot of modern technology uses those, uh, those fields and things like UX and UI to develop social media experiences that are addictive, um, for example. But, you know, one, one can use them for enormous, for enormous good, I think. And they enable a lot more forgiveness, I think, and patience with oneself and with each other once one starts to understand what's going on with us, <laughs> rather than just, why is this person like this and I hate them? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and under, trying to understand them as a five-dimensional being yes. as opposed to Absolutely. just a robot that doesn't have feelings and doesn't connect and, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to certainly <laughs> explore that further. Maybe, oh, I would like to say, for, for listeners who are interested, uh, maybe for a future podcast. podcast called You Are Not So Smart, um, which is also, there have been books and there are uh, blog post episodes as well but I suggest listening to the podcast so that you can hear the interviews and actually hear the people speaking with each other and the whole thing is devoted to and it's been going for years and years um, the science of basically how our brains lie to us it's awesome it's really really interesting and it's great fun and it's very human and I thoroughly wow. recommend it wow And so how are you using this time of change uh, with everything that is going on in the um, world to create new opportunities for the, the work the, that you do? I think some of the biggest things, so I've been working remotely for a while, as, as have we all, but I'm used to working remotely. So that hasn't been such of a, a big change for me. But really, uh, I've been doing a bit more foresight work. So I'm involved in a couple of research projects thinking about the effects um, that COVID-19 could have for uh, for the world in various slices <laughs> um, and, and in various dimensions. And, and also thinking about what effects people want it to have, because that's the thing. It's not just what do we think might happen. It's what do we want to have happen so that we can start pushing towards that. We have a, 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 a near unprecedented opportunity to reset a whole bunch of things at the moment. Um, so that's mostly what I'm doing is, is helping with trying to understand what people think and help reflect it back to them and help them think about now, yeah, what does better look like? Truly, what does better look like for us? Um, and, and for myself, I'm also just having a think about what I do over the next couple of years because I'm not going to be going anywhere for the next couple of years. So that changes uh, the, the conversation that I'm having in New Zealand as well around what I do here. Um, and that is a new opportunity, I guess, to, to double down, to, to truly recommit to being mm. somewhere is, is an opportunity. And so thinking about your future and how that relates to uh, an entre entrepreneurial mindset, how does that play out I think the picture with an entrepreneurial mindset, or, or the way I like to think about it, is, is not that it should be about working 15-hour days and, you know, living on your parents' couch, if, if you're lucky enough to be able to do that for 10 years and, and all of that stuff. I think that, and that's typically startup culture, but I think that's entirely incorrect and exploitative. I think that an entrepreneurial mindset is one that is, is always looking at the world 
around one and, and seeing what the challenges are and thinking of ways to work with people to try and solve those challenges or to improve those challenges. And that means that one is curious. It means one has to be nimble because one's got to be able to change really quickly, right? So to use the jargon to pivot. But, but to be able to move easily through things, change as, as you need to, but also stay the course sometimes, uh, especially when things get hard, is to know how to, how to double down, how to recommit and to, to stick it out. Unless, of course, you need to change. <laughs> so I think it's, it, it requires an agility of mind um, and, in a, and a curiosity. Those are the big things. And ideally kindness. I think the best entrepreneurs are the ones with with kindness and you really care about the people around them because that's how you build a strong business. Mm. And that heart and soul and yes. the great love uh, that John Mackey always talks about from Whole Foods Market about, you know, yeah. connecting our businesses with love. And I think we often forget uh, how to do that and how to bring kindness into uh, every conversation absolutely. and every interaction I, I fundamentally with believe that, every that businesses are there to serve the community and to serve people, uh, not the other way around. Mm, and I think we've got to rem remember that mm, a lot mm. more um, in our daily interactions with, with our communities. So thinking about, you know, the wonderful community that we um, have with Entrepreneur Women with Purpose, <laughs> what's a call for action that you would like for them to take from this conversation back into their world to Be activate curious, into whether that's course, their business um, or whether that's their life? Uh, follow Richard Feynman's example of, of following joy in your life. Um, have, have that as your lodestar. But also... Uh, for those of you who work with data or work with organizations who have data, which is, I think, every organization on the face of the planet now, um, please have a, have a talk with them and, and about the data, what the data is and how they're dealing with it and whether that is the best that it could be, especially from an ethical standpoint. Are we being really mindful of, of what we're doing and what could happen with it? And if we aren't, that's entirely fine. But then, you know. What what's relatively simple a lot of the time interventions could you set up just to really make things better? Because I think that that is how we will um, prepare our businesses and our industries to, to thrive in the coming years, especially as the IT and related industries become a bigger and bigger part of New Zealand and, and the world. Is we, We've got an opportunity here to do it beautifully and to do it well. And so just thinking about that, um, you know, what you mentioned about being curious, be curious, what are one or two actions that people could actually take back and that being a tangible uh, thing that they could go and implement into their world to be more curious? matters that you don't know tons about and listen to the podcast as you take your daily exercise. Um, I'm happy to provide a list, by the way. <laughs> I listen to a lot of them. Um, would, be, would be the one thing. The other thing would be, when somebody espouses a view with which you're not instantly comfortable, engage with them about that view. Now, that doesn't mean to say that if somebody is saying appalling stuff, that one then goes, oh, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm here to, to you know, understand what you're saying. But if it's something that one's not really come across before or it's a different take on something, to, to read the link, you know, not just read the headline, but actually read the article, for example. <laughs> 
is is I think always a always a great start, and to try not to uh, to to react absolutely instantly to everything that comes across one's one's desk. I mean, and I'm terrible for that sometimes. I'm a, quite a pot-headed person, but I think that those things really really help. And and always just to be yeah happy to chat to any random person about any random thing because you never know. They're almost always fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, and the art of being yeah. a, uh, a good listener to be able to hear those perspectives and hear those pearls. Amy, thank you so much for joining us on Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. We look forward to connecting again soon and hopefully <laughs> unpacking some more uh, around your five-dimensional beings, your curiosity, uh, and, Fabulous. of course, well, cognitive thank you neuroscience, so much. This has been an that I would honor. love to uh, learn more about. <laughs> Cheers. Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is proudly sponsored by Hello World Travel, Jaguar, Rind and Dilma Tea, with all of our profit contributed to UN Women Aotearoa New Zealand towards women's economic empowerment into the Pacific Islands. Mm-hmm.